So we welcome you. This is message number six. We're looking at our sixth vital sign. We're studying the book of 1 John. And the book of 1 John is unveiling for us the different indicators that show we possess eternal life. I mean, the key verse there in 1 John, it's there on your outlines, 1 John 5.13. Let's read this scripture out loud together. It's a very important scripture. Gives us the whole purpose of the book. Starting with, I write these things. Let's read it out loud. Ready? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. No question is more important than knowing you possess eternal life. So how do you know you truly are going to heaven? How do you know truly you are a Christian? Well, you have to look at the evidence, the vital signs that indicate you have spiritual life. I mean, how do you know you have physical life? You have to look at your physical vital signs. So this is what I'd like you to do right now. I'd like you to do something that's probably going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm going to bring you out of your comfort zone right now. I want to have you grab someone right around you, their arm. I want to see if you can find their pulse right now. Grab your neighbor's arm. Try to find their pulse. Don't be a wimp. Don't wimp out. If you're watching this on video, go for it in your home community. Come on now. See if you can find and feel their pulse. Now, if you can find their pulse, say, guess what? You are alive. Now, if you're like, you don't feel anything, if you don't feel anything, please say, you know, you might be dead. How many people you think you're sitting next to, you think they're dead? All right, okay. So, that's how you find out you have physical life. How do you know you have spiritual life? Watch this. you got to find your spiritual vital signs. I was just in the hospital, Tracy and I. We were visiting someone here this last Friday. All these monitors are hooked up. Abigail, you know, she's waiting for a heart transplant. All these monitors are showing that she has physical life. How do you know you have spiritual life? Well, a spiritual monitor should so, show that you have these spiritual vital signs. So far, we've looked at five of them in the book of 1 John, right? Fellowship. If you are spiritually alive, you're going to be having fellowship with God and fellowship with other Christians. Then walking in the light. All Christians who are spiritually alive walk in the light, not in the darkness. And then Christ-likeness. All Christians resemble Jesus to a degree. And then spiritual growth. All Christians grow spiritually. And then loving not the world. All Christians possess an anti-love for this evil world system that we find ourselves within. Now this morning, we come to vital sign number six, and it's this. It's the Holy Spirit's anointing. Would you repeat that after me? The Holy Spirit's anointing. Wow. How do you know you're a Christian? Answer, you will be experiencing the Holy Spirit's presence and work in your life. See, all Christians at salvation begin to experience the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live within a believer's life. Theologically, it's called being baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
Who is the Holy Spirit? The third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within our lives. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon a person and empower them for a moment, but not indwell their lives. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit comes within and stays within from belief on. That's why Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then Acts 2.4, with the birth of the church at the day of Pentecost, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. From that day on, believers, those who put faith in Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Would you underline who is in you, whom you have received from God? Now watch this, the Holy Spirit is invisible. And yet, His work in you, if you are born again by the Spirit of God, have eternal life, will be experiential. There's no such thing as a Christian who does not feel the Holy Spirit, who does not experience the Holy Spirit. And so, you you know, this is all about knowing you're saved and that you have eternal life. Stories told about a little boy, and he was out flying his kite. His kite went way up there, went above the clouds, actually. And an old man came up to him, and the old man thought he'd play with the kid's mind a little bit. And he said, uh, little boy, what are you doing? And the little boy said, well, I'm flying a kite. The old man says, well, I don't see the kite. I mean, how do you know it's up there? The little boy said, well, I feel the tug on my string." You see, if you're a Christian, if you're saved, if you have eternal life, you'll be feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit on the inside guiding you and speaking to you and directing your life. There's no such thing as a Christian who experiences zero percentage of the Holy Spirit's tugging in our lives. It's one of the evidences, the vital signs that you know you have eternal life. The Holy Spirit is tugging you. Now, let's read about the Holy Spirit's work in a believer's life, or as John calls it, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And by the way, whenever you read the word anointing here in this passage, it's the Greek word charisma, and it simply means oil. And and anointing is a representative term, a figure of speech for the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 27. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, this is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father And this is what he promised, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, 
And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in Him. Wow, what a scripture. Not easy to necessarily understand unless you kind of really understand the background of what's going on. But really, John here is just pointing out what I want to give you this morning, three realities about the Holy Spirit's anointing. These are three truths about the Holy Spirit's work in every believer's life that will be true about every believer. This morning, I should be describing your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if for some reason, I'm not describing your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. And you've got to just realize that. I mean, what a tragedy to go through life thinking you're a Christian and really finding out one day when you meet God, God says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Beloved, the, Bible, the reason why we're taking this, serious, this series seriously and the Word of God serious is eternal lives are at stake. There are thousands of people in the church around the United States that think they're saved, and they're not. You get that, right? The likelihood is there are people right here. You think you're saved, but you're not. I don't say that in judgment of you. I say that because I love you as your pastor. I care for you deeply, and I want you to know for sure you possess eternal life. And the fact is this. If you're a Christian, if you're saved, you're going to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be experiential and real. And if it's not, you've got to start saying, is this a joke that I'm going through? Do I just have religion? Hmm. Okay. First reality is this. The Holy Spirit causes us to remain faithful. I mean, how do you know you're a Christian? Simple. You remain walking with Jesus, not perfectly, but watch this, faithfully for your entire life. That doesn't mean we won't have ups and downs spiritually, but watch this. We will not leave. We will not abandon. We will not walk away from Jesus. How does this come about? By our own strength? No. It comes about because of God's strength in your life through the presence of the Holy Spirit who empowers you, who indwells you, who gives you the strength and the grace to remain faithful to Christ, walking with Jesus your entire lives. We call this the perseverance of the saints. Now look at what at verse 18. Dear children, he's speaking to believers, you here, this is the last hour. Now, the last hour, that is the time period between Christ's first coming and his second coming also called the last days in the Bible. Now, why would John be saying, this is the last hour? He says, dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Now, all of us here this morning have heard, if you know anything about the end times, that the Antichrist is coming, right? You've heard about that. Paul taught about that in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 to 8. John's audience in Asia Minor, they heard that the Antichrist is coming, any Christian has heard the Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist, capital A, Antichrist, is the coming world leader who will oppose God, who will lead the whole world astray. He will reign supreme during the tribulation. If you don't know anything about the Antichrist, get my The End series, and you can learn all about the end times and who the Antichrist is. But John doesn't have that Antichrist, capital A, Antichrist, in mind here. He has something else in mind. Look at verse 18. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. In other words, many little Antichrists had come and had invaded the church. These were 
the false teachers that John is referencing. The Gnostics and Docetists that we've talked about in these series, this series that basically taught Jesus was not God in human flesh, and they had, they had invaded the church, and they weren't the Antichrist, but they were like him because they were false teachers. And notice what was taking place in the lives of these Antichrists, verse 19. They, John says, they went out from us. Evidently, there's a confrontation. John confronted these false teachers, and they left. They left Jesus. They left the church. And John says, they went out from us, from us, believers. But they did not really belong to us. They weren't born again. For, they belonged, for if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But by their going, it showed that none of them belonged to us. Wow. Well, what's John saying in this verse, to us? It's this. One of the ways we know we belong to Jesus is we won't leave. We'll be faithful to Jesus until our last breath. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does in someone who's genuinely born again. You see, leaving or going, leaving Jesus, saying bye-bye spiritually to God, just gives evidence that a person never belonged to Jesus to begin with, regardless of what their claim is. Thousands of people claim to be Christians. Are they really? It's between them and God. But the way you prove that you're truly a Christian is you will remain Walking with Jesus, not perfectly, but faithfully. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do so. The point is this. If you belong to Jesus, you'll remain with Jesus. If you're genuinely saved, you'll stay with Jesus. When someone leaves Jesus, when, he leave, when someone leaves the church, leaves the fellowship, I don't care about God, that just shows they never belonged to Jesus to begin with. They never had eternal life to begin with, no matter what they claimed. John would say, by leaving, they show they never had the anointing from the Holy Spirit who keeps us walking faithfully with Jesus. See, you look at the contrast there in verse 19. They went out from us, John says. But then, verse 20, but you have an anointing. They who aren't born again, they leave. But you have an anointing that keeps you staying. You see, those who defect give clear evidence that they have been unregenerate their entire life, no matter what they've said. You prove you're a Christian by remaining faithful. Not perfect, but faithful. You know, uh, years ago, I went to Bible college with a dear friend who both of us became pastors. He served at another church, and uh, of course, I was serving here as our youth pastor. Did everything together. I would speak at his youth group, he'd speak at mine. And then one day, he completely and totally denied his relationship with God, denied he even knew Jesus, actually denied that God even exists, left his pastorate, left everything, and, and I tracked him down. His name was Jim, and I said, Jim, I love you, but I need to let you know, you have never known Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You have had religion, but you have never had a born-again relationship with God, because that's what the Bible teaches you will not deny Jesus and walk from him if truly you are born again by the Spirit of God. You can have religion, but not eternal life. And one of the ways you know you have eternal life is that the Holy Spirit indwells you and grants you the grace and power to remain faithful in following Jesus even unto death. And the Bible teaches this all over the Bible. The Bible teaches if Jesus 
is powerful enough to save you. He's powerful enough to keep you faithful to him until the end. Does that make sense? If he's faithful to take you from the grip of Satan and sin and death and save you from that, believe me, he's faithful to keep you walking with him until the end. And again, the perseverance of the saints. Now, I've given you four of my favorite scriptures on that doctrine. Mark 13, 13, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. In other words, you're saved if you stand firm to the end. You don't stand firm to the end, how do you know you're saved? It was just religion. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. If you're a sheep, you will follow Jesus. Not perfectly, but faithfully. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And then Romans 8, who shall separate us, believers, from the love of Christ? And then Paul lists, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, we are able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If anything does separate you from Jesus, you never belong to Jesus to begin with. That's the point. There in Jude 24, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory. You see, Jesus, your Savior, the Holy Spirit who dwells within you, will present you one day to God with great joy. You will finish this race. Yes, you will. Why? Because you're so great? No, because the Holy Spirit is great in you. That's how you know you're saved. Wow. Now, there are stories all over this room about the perseverance of the saints. Because guess what? The world, you should have been knocked out of the game a long time ago. Are you following me? And so should I have been. Why are we still here? Persevering, following. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us. He has anointed us with power. So I want you to talk about some stories about that. Here's your question. How has the Holy Spirit given you the grace and power to remain faithful, testify, believer of his grace in your life. Talk about that at your tables. All right, second fact, second reality about the Holy Spirit's anointing. Number one, the Holy Spirit causes us to remain faithful to the end. Second, the Holy Spirit causes us to know the truth about Jesus. So here, how do we know we're a Christian? Answer We possess, watch this, you'll kind of like this. We possess an an internal baloney detector (laughs) regarding things said about Jesus that are false. And an internal affirmation detector regarding things that are said about Jesus that are true. Now you laugh about that because you have eternal life. You experience that all the time. If you're not laughing at that, you have to say, is the Holy Spirit here? Because when you hear something true about Jesus, the inside of you says, hallelujah. And when you hear something false about Jesus, the detector's going nuts. And that comes from the Spirit of God. See, look at John 16, 13. When He, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth. When He comes to live with He guides you into all truth. How? He guides us into all truth about Jesus. How? He guards us from lies about Jesus that are false and guides us into truth about Jesus that are true. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Look at verse 20 and 21. Now, he contrasts. Rather than being an antichrist, he says, but you have an an anointing 
from the Holy One. That means you have the Holy Spirit within you. And all of you know the truth. You see, innately you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth about Jesus, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. John is saying you have an anointing, the Holy Spirit. And so you know the truth about Jesus because the Holy Spirit is in your heart always talking to you about Jesus. That's part of the Holy Spirit's role is to clarify for us truth about Jesus. And he's constantly saying to believers, Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is God in human flesh. So the question would be, are you hearing from the Holy Spirit this type of, of affirmation about Jesus in your life on the inside? If so, you have the Holy Spirit's anointing. You are born again. You possess eternal life. If you are hearing this on the inside, this is an indication you have spiritual life. You're a Christian. John then contrasts a believer's knowledge about the truth of Jesus with that of an unbeliever or an antichrist who lacks the anointing and therefore lacks any understanding of Jesus. And so in verse 22, John says, who is the liar? And he says, it is the man, he, uh, the man, not a believer, but a man, a natural man, an unregenerate person who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Why do people deny Jesus is the Christ? No Holy Spirit. They're not born again. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. You know, sometimes you run into someone and, and they say, well, I believe in God the Father. I just don't believe in Jesus' Son. And the truth is, if you don't believe in both as revealed in the Bible, you believe in neither of them. Verse 23 says, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Wow. And then John, he, he exhorts believers to believe what has been taught about Jesus from the beginning. You know, yes, the Holy Spirit is there prompting you to believe what is true, but we are called to embrace that truth as well. And you see in verse 24 and 25, John says, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also remain in the Son and in the Father, and this is what He promised, even eternal life. In other words, John's saying, if you have eternal life, you remain in the Father and the Son because you believe what is true about Jesus that was taught from the beginning. And what is the truth that was taught about Jesus from the beginning? First John 1 John 1.1, you go all the way back there. Jesus took on human flesh. He is God in human flesh. If the Holy Spirit is in you, you believe that deep in your heart. That Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. That is, he's 100% God and he is 100% man in one body known as Jesus Christ. You say, why is that doctrine important? It is the foundation of Christianity. Only the perfect blend of God and man and one person could pay the penalty for our sins. And so today we have cults that literally attack this principle and false religious systems constantly. And we'll get into this more in the book of 1 John in the weeks ahead. Why is this so important to believe? You see, if Jesus, if he is not 100% God, then he cannot be our perfect sacrifice. You get that. If Jesus is not 100% God, then guess what? He's not 100% pure. And what good is an impure sacrifice for your sins? It's, it's not, not payment at all. But if Jesus is not 100% man, then guess what? He can't identify with your sin. He can't be your substitute. 
This is a doctrine that is absolutely foundational to Christianity, and Satan constantly attacks it. The Jehovah's Witness attack it. The Mormons attack it. Every false cult and false religious system attacks this doctrine because they're Antichrist. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Wow. But you, you have an anointing, and you believe this doctrine wholeheartedly. Heartedly. Now, let me give you an illustration of this, just how it kind of plays out. Sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit's anointing us here, and you love people, and you'll have a knock at the door. And it's a friendly Jehovah's Witness or a friendly Mormon. One time I had a pastor friend. It's a long story. Do I have the time to tell it to you? He was doing baptisms once, and I hid. I took, went up there because we joked all the time, and I took all of his clothes because he was in a garment. Back then, you know, you just... And so all of his clothes were taken. And he's like, <laughs> he knew it was me. And he came looking for me afterwards, and he's all wet and everything. Tyler, I'm going to get you. And so he put me, he called every Mormon church up he could and said, you know, there's a guy over here. He gave me my address. <laughs> he wants to have an appointment with you. So I had all these Mormons coming to my house. <laughs> That's called pastor, you know, back and forth, bantering. This is what we do, Okay. We only work one day a week, right? <laughs> so anyway, but you know, there's times that I'll have cult leaders come to, and I, they're lost, and, I, and if I have the time, I'll listen to them, and as they're talking to me, I'm like, baloney, 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 the detector's just going off, and I just have to say to them, you know, I love you, but you know what, we are just miles away with anything, with what you're saying about Jesus. I believe he's God in human flesh, and then sometimes... If I'm really kind of have an attitude, I'll take him right here to 1 John 2, and I read to them verse, and I go, you know, the Bible does call you an antichrist, right? And they're like, what? I go, you know, this is what the Bible says. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son as the Father ever acknowledges the Son as the Father also. That strategy usually hasn't gotten me very far with them. Maybe you don't want to use it, but I just bring them right to the Bible. You know, this is what the Bible says, you know. What's my point? My point is this. How do you know you're a Christian? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is real in your life. And the affirmation detector is going crazy when you hear preaching and teaching about Jesus that is true. And then the baloney detector is going crazy when you hear someone talk about Jesus as less than God in human flesh. And you go nuts. Hmm. Yes, the Holy Spirit causing us to know the truth about Jesus is something we grow in as we grow in our understanding of what the Bible says about Jesus. But the point here in 1 John is this. You have an anointing if you have eternal life. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. You can't be a believer and not know the truth about Jesus because the Holy Spirit is constantly hammering the truth about Jesus into your heart internally, innately. Does that make sense? That's the role of what the Holy Spirit does. So you'll feel the tug of the Holy Spirit confirming and speaking and convicting and convincing you about what is true about Jesus as told and revealed in the Bible. You also have this baloney detector revealing to you what is false. When someone says something that's false about Jesus, that goes off. That goes off. Is that your experience? I pray it is. You should be experiencing that at least to a degree. If there's no degree of this experience, you have to say, is the Holy Spirit in my life? 
And the only reason he's not in your life is because you are not born again. You have to prayerfully embrace this teaching. This is what God says is a vital sign. Beep, 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 going off in your life if you have spiritual life. Now, I believe there are stories all over this room of baloney detectors going off, of affirmation detectors going off. I want you to talk about it right now. How have you experienced the Holy Spirit helping you to know the truth about Jesus? Talk about that at your tables. All right, third reality about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Number three, the Holy Spirit teaches us about all things. Yes, the Holy Spirit causes us to remain faithful. The Holy Spirit causes us to know the truth about Jesus, but then it it goes broader. The Holy Spirit teaches us about all things. How do you know you're a Christian? You will be experiencing the Holy Spirit speaking to you, guiding you, Watch this, into all things. You mean, what do you mean all things? You mean things about Jesus? Yep. Things about your wife? Yep. Things about your husband? Yep. Things about work? Yep. Things about your finances? Yep. Things about everything, you mean? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is the holy guest who lives within you and speaks to you constantly about life, about all things. Look at chapter 2, verse 26. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Now, John's saying, you're not one of those being led astray. Then he addresses us as believers. As for you, the anointing you received as a believer, you you received, past tense, at salvation, you received this anointing, the Holy Spirit in your heart, from him remains in you. That is, this is true, ongoing in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. Wow. Wow. See, the the anointing of the Holy Spirit is so powerful, you don't even need anyone to teach you. This doesn't mean you don't need, you know, gifted teachers. I don't want you getting up and running out of here right now. But it does mean this. The greatest of all teachers is the Holy Spirit who lives within you. You don't need Mark. You don't need Larry. You have the Holy Spirit within you to guide you into all truth. Wow. That's how powerful this teaching is. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit. Oh, by the way, before it, his anointing teaches you about all things. And that anointing is real. It's not counterfeit. That means this isn't imagined. This isn't fake. Just as it is taught you, remain in him. That You remain in this, in this teaching, in this dialogue, this constant communication that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about all things. So are you feeling the tug? of the Holy Spirit's teaching to you about all things. You say, well, what's that like, Mark? Can you describe it? Why don't we let Jesus describe it? Take your Bibles, flip to the Gospel of John. Go to John, and verses are, go to John 14 to 16. The, the, this right here are the three greatest chapters in the Bible that talks about the experience of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. John 14 to 16. And I'm just going to read a few of these descriptions that Jesus tells us will be our experience if the Holy Spirit is in our lives. And as I read this, you should be saying, you know, you're right. This is what I experienced, not perfectly, but this is my relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're right. This is my experience. John 14, 15 to 17. Now, the term that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit here is counselor. It's the Greek word parakaleo one called alongside, a counselor. 
Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit is called your counselor. We go out and we'll pay $100 for an hour of counseling. You have the Holy Spirit as your internal counselor. Let him speak to you first all the time. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father. Jesus is speaking. He says, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because they're, not, they're unregenerate. Because it neither sees him nor knows, knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. See, he's here in you, and so you know him. Do you know him? Sure you do. If you're a believer, you know him. You have a relationship with him. Verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Is he teaching you? Yes, he is. Is he reminding you of things? Yes, he is. That's how you know you're a Christian. The Holy Spirit, he's teaching you, reminding you. Chapter 15, verse 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He testifies to you about Jesus, the Holy Spirit does, in your hearts. He elevates Jesus. John 16, 7 through 13. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away, Jesus said. Unless I go, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, and he, he will come and he will convict the world. So you feel conviction sometimes of sin. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, he convicts us and he guides us. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what he will tell you what is yet to come. He's, he convicts us and guides us and he tells us what's yet to come. He reveals to us truths like the rapture. And he speaks to us about heaven and hell and judgment to come. That we're not just living for this life. But he, hey, guess what? There is eternity. This all comes from the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. The Holy Spirit is constantly bringing glory to Jesus. He magnifies the greatness and glory of Jesus in our minds and our hearts. These are just some of the things that the Holy Spirit teaches us. Now watch this. I want to say this carefully. Does this mean that every Christian is going to have this like perfect relationship with the Holy Spirit? No. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Spirit of God. You can grieve the Holy Spirit because of our sin and our neglect of Him in our hearts, the Bible teaches. But watch this. For anyone who is a Christian, who's born again by the Spirit of God, there will be the beep on their spiritual monitor that the Holy Spirit is real. And there's a tug in His life, in His relationship with you that's real. There's a degree that it registers in your life. This is how you know you have eternal life. As a matter of fact, look at 1 John 3, verse 24. We'll get to this later, but at the end of verse 24 says, and this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. The Spirit confirms these things in your hearts. So, that's the third reality about the Holy Spirit's anointing. He teaches us about all things. No one has a perfect relationship with the Holy Spirit. But I can tell you, beloved, he speaks to me about me as a daddy. He speaks to me about a husband, being the man God wants me to be, being a pastor, every counseling appointment I have. He's constantly speaking to me, guiding me into all truth. Hallelujah. 
you had the same experience. I'd like you to talk about that. How have you experienced the Holy Spirit teaching you about all things? Take a moment and talk about that. Okay, this morning we've looked at the sixth vital sign that indicates we have spiritual life. We have eternal life because this vital sign is ringing true in our lives. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's real, it's genuine, it's not counterfeit. This is nothing, by the way, you can generate on your own. This is a gift that God gives. It's part of eternal life. Eternal life is just not a quantity of life, it's a quality of life. It's God's quality of eternal life He pours into your soul at the new birth. And it manifests itself in these different vital signs. The Holy Spirit becomes real in your life. It's an experience that you have. And only Christians have this experience. But as you have it, it gives you assurance that, in fact, I am saved. I'm born again by the Spirit of God. So, time to examine our lives. Because Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? So, do you pass this test? There may be a few people here this morning, I don't know. But what an incredible moment it would be in your life if you're like, you know, I don't pass this test. And you would conclude, I'm not a Christian. What an incredible moment that would be because God would be revealing to you that he loves you so much. He wants you to come to him in genuine salvation, be born again and begin a new life. And this will be real in your life. Wow. So three realities that John gives us about the Holy Spirit's anointing that, that take place in every Christian's life. This is just basic Christianity. This is what happens when, when Jesus comes to live within you. The Holy Spirit causes you to remain faithful. Not perfect, beloved. You're still going to sin. We already dealt with that in 1 John. You're going to blow it. But you're not just going to turn your back and walk from Jesus and say you never knew him and deny that God even exists and just live a life of sin and in absolute defiance to God. That just shows you were never saved to begin with. Some of you know people like that. They're like, they're not here anymore. They're gone. They denied Jesus. Don't think that they were saved and lost their salvation. You can't lose your salvation. That's impossible. Are you kidding me? Bible does not teach that. Once you're saved, you're always saved. And if someone leaves, they were never saved to begin with. They had religion, a caricature of Christianity somehow, but they did not have the genuine eternal life. Once you have eternal life, it's real, it's permanent. God has saved you. You stay with him. You will walk with him. You will not deny him. Like Peter, you can deny him in the moment, but not a life of denial. Sorry. You'll be faithful. His anointing will sustain you and keep you moving forward by His grace and power. That's the Holy Spirit's keeping power. That's not your power. That's His power given through eternal life. Second, the Holy Spirit causes us to know the truth about Jesus. (laughs) You don't have to convince a believer who's been born again, who has the Spirit of God, that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh. They know it innately. They know He's the Savior of the world. They believe this innately because the Holy Spirit is constantly reaffirming, reaffirming this book in your heart as you read it and as you hear its taught. The baloney detector goes off when you hear false lies about this book. 
but the affirmation detector is completely embracing truth. And look at this. The heads are going, yeah. That's exactly. You hear the amen. You know, yeah, all that comes from the Spirit of God who affirms truth in your heart. That's how you know the Holy Spirit is in your life. And then the Holy Spirit teaches us about all things. Now, again, beloved, you grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, He comes in in seed form. And it's very important you not compare your Christianity and experience with me. I've been around the block a little bit. I'm called to be a teacher, and I better be experiencing the Holy Spirit's presence in maybe a way that you're not, because I'm called to teach and lead and be an example, and yet it's only by God's grace that I experience the Holy Spirit, any of us. But I'm, I'm not putting myself up an example, but what I'm trying to encourage you with is this. I remember years ago in my life, it was, a, it was small, but it was real. Are you following me? I knew the Holy Spirit was there, and He was speaking to me and affirming and guiding me into all truth, but now His voice is much more distinct. His power is much more real. His leading is much more clear as I've grown in my relationship with Him. But He has always been there, a voice speaking to me. And that should be true in your life as well. So, you know, we come back really, First John, the whole purpose again is to give us assurance of our salvation, confidence. You see, when the Holy Spirit is real in your life in these three ways, you have assurance that you're saved. I mean, that's what it ultimately leads to. You're like, well, we lost that. You know, it's, it's going off the hook. Beep, beep, beep. Yep, I'm a Christian. I have eternal life because guess what? The Holy Spirit's anointing is real in my life, and I see it in those three ways. That's such a cool thing because if you die tomorrow, you have assurance. You have assurance. You know Christ is in you. Because guess what? Those three things only happen by a miracle of God because His Spirit is real. So if the Holy Spirit's anointing describes your life, if He is causing you to remain faithful and know the truth about Jesus and He's teaching about all things, you can know you have eternal life and you should take that to the bank and just go, ah, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. But if the Holy Spirit's anointing does not characterize your life, this is the time for you to humble yourself and say, I am living without the Holy Spirit, which means I'm not saved. I don't have eternal life. I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor. He doesn't lead me in all truth. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? Uh, but if you want that, then you humble yourself. You admit you're a sinner. You're in need of a Savior. And you come and you receive the gift of everlasting life this morning. And you begin experiencing the beauty of the Holy Spirit guiding your life into all truth and leading you throughout life. And it, it's, it, that's eternal life. That's the real deal. That's Christianity. On the inside out, God transforming you. Let's pray.